All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 4-11. Welcome back. Uh, big thanks again to uh, Chris Dingman for coming in on Who Is It Wednesday. I love Who Is It Wednesday. Lots of good stories. And uh, yeah, Dinger can uh, he can weave a few stories. We he played on our uh, team in the Scotiabank Pro Am, and whew, he had the boys uh, howling. Uh, lots of uh, stories. He's not a big Bob Hartley fan, man. <laughs> I'll tell you if you ever see Dinger, just ask him about Bob Hartley. Like literally, it's like a toy that you know. Remember, you like you pull the string, you just wind it up and go. Oh, Dinger gets fired up about Bob Hartley. And you know what? It's funny. There's lots of players who've spoke that Bob Hartley wasn't necessarily the nicest guy. He was now. Was he a good coach? They won a Stanley Cup. Did they win because of Bob Hartley? Eh, I don't know. Patrick Waugh, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Ray Bork, Adam Foot, Rob Blake. Like it's a pretty good team. Pretty good team. And uh, you heard the story there that uh, you know uh, the coach didn't have the uh, going out to say anything. So sometimes you know, with just like a Messi in '94. Where they talked about with uh, Mike Keane, the, the players kind of just took over sometimes. So coaching, I think, can help for sure, but it also can be a hindrance depending on uh, how they go about it. Welcome back to The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Orders could tie their franchise record tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then they'll have a chance to maybe break it. They have never won. They're one of only six NHL franchises who have never had a 10-game winning streak ever. The other ones... Winnipeg Jets, fewer seasons. Arizona Coyotes, fewer seasons. Dallas Stars, few more seasons because it's Minnesota slash Dallas. And then the Detroit Red Wings, one of the original six. That one's probably uh, even more surprising considering that uh, they were really dominant for many years. But never had a 10-gamer. Dallas 7-gamer, which was set last year. That's her franchise high. Oilers have eight. Could go to nine tomorrow against Tampa Bay. We'll find out. Victor Hedman did not play last night against Vancouver and is likely going to be a game-time decision for the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
It is a month of giving, and man, what a day we are having today. We are up to now $10,500 with Grant on the package, courtesy of Ryan Dennis and the What the Futures podcast. It's a 2024 mentorship program, uh, the Farm Business Mem- Mentorship. So this is for all of our farmers. Hey, shout out to the farmers. This one a little near and dear to my heart, of course, the farming background. You get the subscription to Harvest Profit, which will help create your 2024 farm business plan. You get all the individual support and mentoring from uh, Ryan Dennis. Any of the big farmers know, man, a uh, farm plan. It's a huge, huge part of uh, everything for you and the ability to maximize your yields, amongst other things. Get the proper fertilizer and also 80 acres of Pioneer canola seed. They'll pick a variety that complements your farm's agronomic plan. Also, you're going to go to the PBR next November, Friday, November 8th. You'll have dinner and drinks hosted by Ryan before, and then you're going eight tickets to the PBR. It'll be fun. Think about that. What's that going to cost you? Quite a bit. So it's up to uh, 10500 right now. 833-401-1440. You can text or you can call that number, 833-401-1440. Hey, Gregor, I saw your tweet about Oscar Clefbaum's bobblehead. They should give it to Clefbaum. Make an incentive for players to come play here. Who wouldn't want a giant bobblehead of themselves in their house after their NHL career from Darren? <laughs> That's interesting. Would you want a, a light? Like It was so funny. I'm walking into the game last night. I put a picture of it up on Twitter. And I was just like, why is there an Oscar Clefbaum one here? Like, it's just, it's just kind of random. I walked the exact same way. You go through security. I walk the backside, past the Zamboni entrance every time when I enter the rink. That's how I go in. And all of a sudden, I'm walking. I'm just like, Oscar Clefbaum. It was just so funny that uh, it was Oscar Clefbaum. So, obviously, it's been a few years since uh, he has played for the uh, Edmonton Orders. Uh, it's good to see that he's healthy and enjoy, uh, you know, the regular uh, everyday stuff. But obviously, the NHL career is uh, is over. Unfortunately for him, it's been over for a few years. But I, I don't know if that's a. That would be interesting. Like, would you ship it over? Or would he want it shipped over? I'd say this though. I know some diehard Oiler fans who would want the opportunity. Like to me, we put that bad boy up for auction for charity. There's people bidding on that. The thing's big, and you're a diehard Oiler fan. Like, you're a bar owner. You put that in your bar. You probably like it. You might have to screw it down to the floor. Could be a few people at the end of the night trying to wheel that bad boy out of there. We'll see. Uh, let's get to the ski report now brought to you by Snow Valley. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for December 13th brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Bit of a dry spell in the National Park Resorts for the last few days has not helped conditions, but fret not as there is more snow in the forecast. Jasper's Marmot Basin now has the Eagle Ridge chair running and are up to 21 runs open, but still not enough snow to get the new Knob Quad chair operating. At Sunshine Village, they have 60 runs open, including the ski out with all lifts running except Goat's Eye Mountain. Lake Louise has 94 runs, including some of the shoots in the high alpine, and it's probably still your best bet for the best conditions in Alberta right now. Norquay, 28 runs open, including the North American chair, and Nakiska, 38 runs open and all lifts operating. 
Castle Mountain. Full resort open, but the upper mountain train still quite limited. And moving west into BC, Kicking Horse, Revelstoke, Fernie, and Panorama are all open, but just like the Alberta resorts, operating on limited terrain as they wait for more snow. Capital Region has all its hills operating with terrain park building and expansion now the main focus. There's still early season conditions, so staying on the groomed trails is likely your best bet until we get more snow rolling in. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. So I know you skiers, plan ahead for the weekend. You want to know where you're going? I love it. That's what we do uh, here uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on Sports 1440. Coming up uh, later on today in the uh, program, we will uh, hear from uh, Spec. Uh, we're going to hear from... Um, do we got Rupper on today, Cons? No Rupper. He uh, His new gig is kind of making it tough sometimes. He's traveling, I believe. Uh, so he'll be on tomorrow, I think. Yeah, he'll be yeah. tomorrow well, for, go. we've got uh, Cam Jensen. He's Jackson got a big and, deal now. Yeah, He is, yeah. And Wyshynski as well. Yeah, Wyshynski's coming up. Uh, the Wash- It's interesting, Washington Wizards, Washington Capitals, uh, they're moving suburbs is essentially the best way to stay in uh, in Northern Virginia. And and I understand it. Um it's not that far, but I get why, you know, there's some people that are a little upset about it. I was reading online stories I don't really like, but I'm like, well, how far of a drive extra is it? Like, it's not like they're moving out of the state, not even moving out of the city, like a massive city anyway. I guess it would be like if you went from St. Albert to Sherwood Park, right? You could still drive there. It's just not as convenient for you. It's probably the, uh, the best way to put it, I would say. Hey, Gregor, uh, what's up with the Dreisaitl Kane brown line? How concerned are you? It's the only line that doesn't seem to be going right now from Doug. Uh, well, Doug, first of all, Evander Kane's banged up. You know, he didn't practice again today. He didn't practice on Monday. He did play, of course, last night. Uh, he's not 100%. And I think you see it in his play. So I think that's part of the factor. Some guy like Dreisaitl and Kane have worked well together before. Uh, today at practice, Drysaddle was with Fogel and Yanmark. They basically just did what they did in the game. They switched the lines. Now, Bouchard didn't skate today. Kane didn't skate. There's a few, three guys who weren't skating today. So, you know, don't put a huge stock into it. I think they changed the lines, they being Chris Knobloch, uh, during the second period last night. And as he said, you know, they weren't getting much going. And he basically, all he did was flop Drysaddle and McLeod. Right? Then McLeod played with uh, Kane and Brown. You could do it. Right. Warren Fogle has, in limited time, has had decent success playing with Drysaddle. Right, Matthias Janmark's a very smart player, very reliable player. And neither one of those guys, though, like if you give them the same amount of scoring chances that you give Evander Kane, you probably can't expect the same amount of goals long term. Could you for a few games? Yeah, I think so. So, well, uh, you know, we'll see. What transpires? Uh, will Kane maybe uh, take a game off? I don't know yet. Too early to tell. I, I think they're just looking to you know limit any type of extra ability to aggravate whatever his injury is. But he's clearly playing banged up. That's that's obvious. You know what? Uh, hasn't didn't even take the morning skate yesterday, which or isn't a big deal. But um, you know, had Monday off, didn't skate today, didn't skate yesterday, did play the game. So maybe they just try to get him through until the Christmas break. Could happen. So uh, I, I'm not like if this happened long term, sure. But Leon Drysaddle, I don't really have much concern with Leon Drysaddle not producing. 
I think my my bigger concern with Drysaddle isn't the lack of production. It's when things aren't going well, it's easy to see through body language. Now, I'm not one that's going to sit here and say, oh, your body language is terrible. That means you're terrible. No. But you can see at times the frustration, right? And that, I guess maybe you should respect it because you can tell right away, like he wears his emotions on his sleeve. You can tell if Drysaddle's, you know, fired up or if he's annoyed. So maybe that's not a bad thing. But um, that's kind of where it's at uh, with Drysaddle. You know, Connor Brown... They got to hope. Well, the good news is eventually it can't be this. Like, he can't go. I shouldn't say he can't. Tobias Reader, hello. So there is a possibility he could go the whole season and not score. But I would like to think that he'd be able to produce. And I would, I'd be willing to wager that the second half of the season for Brown is going to be significantly more productive than his first half of the season. Would I be shocked if he scored 8 to 10 goals in the second half of the year, probably not. But the longer the drought goes, the more it impacts him negatively. That's just a fact, right? Confidence matters for every player. I don't, I don't think we can deny that for sure. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of see where, uh, where it goes from here. Uh, 422 will come back. Uh, we will go to the uh, Capitals. Uh, Ethan Bear is going to be there. They got a new rink. They're winning despite some... T- like they're, they got bad numbers all around. How are they winning? We'll discuss it next. Greg Wyshynski joins us on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And um, we're going to go to uh, Wyshynski and also uh, update you on the month of giving. Oh, that's an old-fashioned tune, old school. I love it. How are you? Welcome back, Gregor Show on Sports 1440, presented by... PlayAlberta.ca. Oilers, day off is a, although they probably want to play the way they're rolling right now, winners of eight straight. They are the uh, hottest team in the National Hockey League. Uh, They are the highest scoring team again. That's not really a surprise. But uh, did you know during their eight-game winning streak, they are the best team at limiting goals against. Only 1.86 per game. Uh, And if that becomes uh, a regular thing in Edmonton, watch out. Watch out. Let's go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's and the Peppermint Mocha and Peppermint Hot Chocolate are back this holiday season, topped with real real whipped cream and peppermint candy pieces. Every chocolatey sip is a perfect peppermint delight right now. At McDonald's, uh, Greg Wyshynski from uh, ESPN joins us. And uh, Greg, the story kind of came out very quietly yesterday. I hadn't heard anything about this, that uh, the Wizards and the Capitals now, they're, they're, they're moving arenas. And now we, we were Googling it, so tell us if we're wrong, but am I not mistaken that like we're talking like a 25-mile move as far as from where the current rink is to the city of Alexandria where they're going? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like they're, when, when you talk about like the D.C. suburbs, uh, it's not like they're moving to Canada, you know, compared to Ottawa, right? It's like, it's not one of those moves. This is very much still in the D.C. metro area. It's it's a stone's throw away from where they are right now. And, it, and it's, in an area, it's in an area I actually used to live in okay. uh, for a while when I was living in Virginia. And it's it's really nice. Um, it's a stone's throw away from uh, Old Town, Alexandria, which is one of the more vibrant areas. Also pretty close. It, it's actually closer to where the 
the Capitals practice, I think, as well um, in Arlington, Virginia. So from a geographic standpoint, it's, it's kind of the same vibe. Um, it's, not, it's not too far away from where they are now. But the, the difference is the, the city vibe versus the suburb vibe. I mean, I have a, a real bias towards uh, Capital One Arena, uh, that area of D.C., that downtown area. The, the, you can't separate the cool factor that the Capitals had with Ovechkin, those young guns, those, those years where they had incredible relevance in this league from them being in downtown D.C. Like it was, there was an energy to being there that transferred over to that arena. Um, and so the cool factor is going to be different if they move, but like Ted Leontis has said, um, you know, that, that's an old arena now. And, and the, the, you know, the idea of, of having a, a dual-use arena for the Capitals and Wizards that's going to be state-of-the-art and create a, a myriad of new uh, uh, revenue streams for those teams out in a pretty populous area where a lot of their fans already live, um, it's, it's hard to criticize it. Do you now? Is there any? I know how this works at times, Greg. Is there any? Is this like a play to to try to get more funds to, for him to stay in the? Because uh, I think technically, are they not moving states? Well, yeah, they're moving states. Well, the, the, the district, the district, of, uh, district of Columbia is a state. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a district, and then and then you know Virginia is a state. So it, your your question is a good one, and I, I texted a few sources that I knew still from my days in the D.C. area last night, and I was saying. What do you make of this? Because it really did come out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. and, and well, they all said they think it's a ploy. They all okay. think it's trying to create better negotiating leverage with this with with uh, DC. And of course, you know, this news comes out last night. I see the tweet from Woj about the Wizards and the Caps, and then you know, five minutes later, there's a tweet from the mayor of DC talking about you know five hundred million dollars coming to Leonsis to renovate Capital One Arena. So. From that aspect of it, maybe maybe it worked. I mean, maybe this is what they were looking for. It is a non-binding thing that they announced today. It's more like these are our plans and here's what we're thinking. So, you know, everyone in D.C. Well, – I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people in D.C. think this is just trying to increase their negotiating leverage with the city. But that being said, you know, Leonsis has made noise in the past about not necessarily being as enamored with the, the area the arena is in now uh, as far as its vibrancy. It certainly has changed a little bit over the years. And this area that he's looking to go to is is one that's kind of on the upswing versus maybe the area in D.C. where he is now that's not as as vibrant as it was maybe 10 years ago. I know the Penguins finally scored to end their uh, their long 37 uh, uh, power play opportunity drought, but the Washington Capitals have the worst power play in the league. They got the guy who potentially could be the all-time greatest goal scorer, and right now he looks like he can score in an ocean on the power play. Yeah, and we looked into the numbers on our podcast that dropped this week. We talked a little bit about Ovechkin and and you know his lack of goal scoring and, and how it affects the Gretzky record chase, and, and it affects it in a pretty depressed, depressing way for those of us who were looking forward to that race being a, a huge part of uh, of our lives in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, his the thing that's happened for him on the power play is his high danger chances have increased pretty significantly compared to recent seasons. And, and what that tells you is that he's getting chances closer to the net, which tells you he's not getting them from his typical Ovi spot in the circle on the ice. Mm-hmm. So something's changed. Either tactically the, the, the Capitals are trying something different, or maybe Ovechkin is seeing something that's not working for him right now, so he's trying something different. Something's a little bit off about his role in that power play, and obviously – 
one can can assume that that uh, that's contributing greatly to their power play being as as bad as it is this year. Yeah, it's stunning, and so you, and it's not just their power play; like their overall offense is is anemic, to to put it politely. Like it's it's kind of stunning, really. But you know, they're finding ways to win games, and, and a lot of it's just simply due to their to their goaltending. But I just don't know how long you know it can last uh, when you're getting outscored uh, overall. But uh, they they don't give up much. Charlie Lindgren obviously has been excellent. Kevin Woodley had called this last year. He thought Lindgren's a guy that you know he had him is on his list of goalies that he th- said give him a good opportunity and he can play. But what do you make like when you look at Ovechkin? Are you like is this something that is fixable? Like right now, the guy's on pace for less than twenty goals, man. Like that, so suddenly his chase of sixty-eight would seem like a, a much longer time. Now we he had a season like this. Grant it was thirty-two goals, and people are like, oh, he's done. And then obviously he showed them uh, he was totally wrong. But he's older now. What is what? It's your thoughts on Ovechkin, and maybe that chase might extend many more years than we originally thought. Yeah, I mean he's on pace for 16 goals. That's that's terrible. <laughs> it's like it, it is something. I, I think when we all started to get really excited about him chasing down Gretzky's record, none of us factored in the idea that all of a sudden he'd stop scoring goals. Uh, but that's kind of happened this year. So if he if he stays on his current pace this season uh, of goal scoring, uh, well, let me put it this way: he entered this season based on his career average, needing 122 games to catch Gretzky based on the pace this season, he would now need 340 more games <laughs> to break <laughs> the record. Uh, and that's if, if that's, if he continued this pace, you know, beyond this season. So like, that's kind of what we're looking at right now is like the, the, the entire trajectory of his, of his pursuit of this record being altered by, by this, this goal scoring drought. He's gone 10 games now without a goal it's it's like I said earlier, man. Like it's depressing. I think a lot of I mean, even if even if you don't want him to break the record, right? Like it's still this moment for hockey that was going to be as as enormous as you know the chasing the Hank Aaron record in baseball or the ripping consecutive game streak or you know some of the touchdown records we've seen set in the NFL. Like this was this was our moment to have that kind of shine put on hockey by the mainstream sports media and, and even, you know, the, the, the media beyond that here in the States, um, you know, this is the kind of thing that would end up on the today show, for example. So, and it's good to have that because usually when we end up on the today show, it's because somebody was knocked unconscious or bleeding or something. So like it was a real moment for hockey that right now is starting to look like it. Uh, it's getting a little hazier as far as, as far as whether it's going to come to fruition or not. Greg Roshinsky joins us from ESPN. And Greg, the uh, the Metro Division is uh, is rather interesting to look at uh, right now. Uh, you know, the New York Rangers are obviously very good. I know they got uh, spanked last night, but I still think the Rangers are good. You got the Islanders and the Flyers. The Flyers have been one of the biggest surprises. The Capitals at 31. Hurricanes and Devils have both been surprises, and Pittsburgh even in the sense, but all for the wrong reasons. Uh, what do you make of this? And do you think eventually we're, that sanity is going to reign in the Metro and Carolina will be back where we expect New Jersey will be back where they expect. And the Penguins will move up to standings. Well, I think a couple of those things will happen. You know, I, I think the problem with Carolina right now is they have the league's worst goaltending statistically. Oh. Uh, it's, it's crazy how bad it's been. And um, their underlying numbers are still very Carolina. Like, you know, they, they lead the league in, in shot attempt percentage. Um, they're, they're, they're really good at expected goals percentage. I mean, they're, they're still the like hurricanes. They still look like a, a Brenda Moore team under the hood. 
It's just that they're not getting any goaltending right now, and, and if that changes, they should be fine. The Devils are a real interesting case because I thought I thought their goose was going to be cooked when Dougie Hamilton went out with that torn pack. I mean, he's going to be out for for months on end for that team. Uh, but this this Simone Nemich that came up, this you know former was a second overall pick uh, that they had in the AHL has come up has looked very good. Like looks like he belong like he's been playing for five years. Good. Uh, so they might have been uh, stabilized on the back end more than I expected. And and again, that's a team much like the Hurricanes, where if you give them some good goaltending for a couple of weeks, they're going to be in real good shape. The Penguins are the tougher one to figure out. I mean, like the Penguins are, are, are a roller coaster of a team. I don't think anyone's really clear on whether or not they're going to have the horses to make the cut in the playoffs. Um, and there are some games in which they look great and some games in which they look old. <laughs> and yeah. so we'll have to see which team shows up more for the rest of the season. From afar, what do you, are the orders just back to what people thought they would be based on last year? Not not people, Gregor. Me, what mm-hmm. I thought they'd be, and picking them to win the cup this year, and staying firmly on the bandwagon while others were abandoning it when they weren't winning games and they fired Woodcroft. I'm like, you guys all have to calm down. Like underneath the hood, they looked good. They weren't getting goaltending. Connor was wasn't scoring, and and part of the reason he wasn't scoring is because no one was helping him finish plays that he was creating. And obviously, all of that was going to be okay. And look, lo and behold, it was okay. They're rocketing up the standings. They're beating all the teams they need to beat. They're going to be in a playoff position before you know it. And then, you know, from there, who knows? But, but I knew that this team was not going to be nearly as bad as they were showing. And I knew this team was going to recover in the standings. I just hope that they didn't have to expend too much energy climbing back up the standings uh, to where we look back at, you know, in March and say, okay, well, they dug out of the hole, but, but now they, they don't have a lot left in the tank. Yeah, we'll we'll see. There's obviously some areas they got to go. The uh, their division, like Vegas, just continues to roll. Um, Vancouver solid, LA solid, so that they might have to pull a Florida and uh, and win on the road all the way to to get there. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on Florida. Like Bergeron leaves the league, and uh, like Barkoff, to me, you might as well just give him the selkie right now. I don't know if you've looked at his numbers, man, but but, but the season that Barkoff is having in Florida right now is absolutely ridiculous. It's uh, it's pretty dominant, and the Panthers, to me, are a team that I, I think they got to really respect them with their defense injuries early on. That they overcame that, and I I, I think they're going to win their division. Where are you sitting on the Panthers and specifically Barkoff? Yeah, Barkoff's been awesome, and I, I think that. Like you said, with Bergeron gone, the, the next guy was going to probably be, be Bergeron, or it was going to, or it could be a Barkoff rather, or be Nico Heischer, the Devils, who was kind of in that conversation earlier in the season, and you know he got hurt, so I think that probably hurt him as far as his trajectory. And the Devils not being in a playoff spot probably is is another reason why he's not getting chatted up as much. But you know, Barkoff, I think, is, is somebody who's going to lead the pack for the Selkie, and the Panthers have been super impressive. Like you said, I, I think that. We all assumed there'd be a little bit more of a, a cup final hangover um, and, and certainly a, a bit more of a bumpy road without having Montour and Ekblad in the lineup. Um, but they're, they're real, and, and they score a bunch, and they, they play really well, and, and uh, everything is pointing to that, that last season not being an anomaly. I still, it's funny. We were, we were going over some like year-in-review stuff, and someone was asking me like what my, my, my takeaway, my, go- my good moment, my favorite moment of 2023 was in hockey, and like, I was in the building for that game seven against Boston. And I just, I'll never forget that night. I mean, I don't think there's been a bigger spoiler in recent sports memory than the Panthers ruining the Bruins historic regular season by 
by beating them the way that they did in that playoff series. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. It was when you consider the greatest season in the NHL history, and that's like when some people say the regular season doesn't matter, like I don't completely agree because it's still that you got to get in. But the, yeah. the, the regular season just doesn't guarantee you playoff success. I think that's a better way to put it. Like it matters because you can get home ice and that can benefit you. Colorado, we saw you can uh, you can get in because Florida proved they got in by one point, right? If Chicago hadn't soiled the sheets against, or sorry, Pittsburgh hadn't soiled the sheets against Chicago, then Florida probably doesn't yeah. even get in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 so, you know, the, the lesson I guess that some teams are going to take from that is you got to get in and you can win. I, I think that lo- does lead to some delusion, like. Doug Armstrong saying today that the, the Blues could take out the Avalanche if only they could make the playoffs and meet them in a playoff series. Like, I'm not sure about that. But, but you know, the Panthers certainly showed that, you know, with the right kind of team, with the right kind of mindset, and also, by the way, with your opponent being crushed by the expectations of that regular season. Never, I, I talked to Jim, to Jim Montgomery, their coach, before this season, and he told me, you know, you could feel the tension of – of thinking that they had to win the cup in game one of that series. <laughs> like that's the level of, of pressure the Bruins are feeling and, and the Panthers uh, clearly not feeling the same level of pressure uh, took full advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Greg, uh, St. Louis blues. Um, th- some people had Barube at the start of the season as somebody who maybe was, uh, was on thin ice uh, and maybe it lasted a little bit longer. It's only the Western conference that fires coaches evidently this year, but uh, <laughs> uh, St. Louis makes this move last night. I've never a one who, ble- Oh, they, they blew the lead. So the coach got fired. Obviously they were thinking about it anyway, but what do you make of this move? And, what about Rutherford? Like, this all goes back to me. The minute they screwed around with Petrangelo, they haven't been the same organization. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, he was definitely the, the thread they pulled on the sweater and it unraveled because then they were scrambling to try to replace the things that he left with, his offense, his leadership, things of that nature. And then, you know, the, you look at the, the, the reason he's not there is the refusal to give him a no-movement clause. And, and meanwhile, mm-hmm. you know, Doug Armstrong's handing out a half dozen no-trade clauses to guys on his, on his roster, including most of a defense core that's not even any good. So, yeah. look, I, I, in the constant debate about coaching versus construction, this is definitely construction. It's not a very good hockey team. Um, yeah, there are certain aspects of it that are certainly not playing up to – the standards, Jordan Cairo in particular, has like a 5% shooting percentage this year um, and, and is one of the reasons why their power play stinks too. But, um, but you know, Berube paid for, for what I think is a problem with the, team, with the team being put together. And, you know, Doug Armstrong's a guy that I think has avoided criticism because of the cup win and then subsequently because I think that he's got kind of favored nation status <laughs> with a lot of media. Um, maybe that changes now that, that Berube loses his job and there's more scrutiny about what that roster actually looks like. What do you make of Verona? Well, I used to love him in DC. I, I thought I thought he was a really exciting young player. Yeah. I think that he's undoubtedly going to be, you know, referred to as enigmatic based on you know bouncing around to a couple of organizations and then not being able to put it together. I don't know, man. You know, I, I there, there's there's uh, you know clearly uh, something's gone awry with his career, but the talent's undeniable if he could ever put it together. Yeah. Greg, as always, man, good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Greg Wyshynski. Damn it, I should have. He's a big Simpson guy. I should have asked him. We had that. If you missed earlier in the show, Joel H. Cohen, uh, 23 years as a writer on The Simpsons. Of course, he uh, 
Well, maybe you don't know. I shouldn't say, of course. But uh, he graduated from the University of Alberta in 1988, an MBA. A good Alberta guy. Nice from Calgary. He's a Flames fan, so it's not perfect. But uh, he was on. He was excellent. Talking about Simpsons, he has a book out uh, with Dan Patrick. If you're an NFL fan, I would highly recommend Googling uh, Joel, Joel H. Cohen and uh, Dan Patrick, their new book. It's quite funny. We'll come back. Five questions. We'll update you on the month of giving. We've had a great first two hours and 45 minutes of that. We'll update you on that and more on the Jason Greger Show live in the Ewell studio. E-W-E-L dot C-A for all your electrical needs. Coming up after 5 o'clock, Mark Spector will join us. Cam Jansen as the pride of Callahoo. Craig Berube is no longer the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. We will talk about uh, what's gone wrong in St. Louis. And from an outsider, I think it's construction more than coaching. But uh, we shall see. Drew Bannister, former Edmonton owner, is the uh, interim coach in St. Louis right now. We are at uh, $10,500 on our month of giving package today, courtesy of uh, Ryan Dennis and the What the Futures podcast. Up for grabs for all of our uh, rural listeners. The 2024 mentorship program for the Farm Business Mentorship, which includes subscription to Harvest Profit to create and execute your farm business plan for 2024, individual support and mentoring from uh, Ryan. We also get 80 acres of Pioneer Canola Seed. They will pick a variety that complements your farm's agronomic plan. Right. It's got to match uh, your soil, everything else. And then you get uh, eight tickets to the PBR on Friday, November 8th, and dinner and drinks hosted by Ryan prior. So you're going to have a lot of fun with that. So it's uh, currently at, oh, no, now it's at 11,000. All right. We're at 11 from another Steve. I think this is a different Steve. All right. Now I've got two Steves in here. This is fantastic. All right. Uh, 11K, it's all for the Christmas Bureau. So we're having uh, an awesome day. 833-401-1440 is the number to text or call. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and five questions brought to you by the Bricks. Stop in right now as they're, uh, you can buy more, save more, up to 25% off of uh, bedroom and dining furniture, as well as $1,200 off of big screen TVs at the Brick and the Brick.com. <laughs> It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, the Oilers' next two games, they'll be taking on the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida, not bad. Second right now in the Atlantic, the uh, Lightning, oh, a little bit lower, but still a team you got to take seriously. What will the Oilers... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Record B in the next two games. Well, Cons, I'm a big believer in, in having things that have never occurred before. So uh, let's go two victories for the Edmonton owners, as uh, they've never had a 10-game winning streak. I like the optimism. I'm on record saying it'd be an eight-game winning streak. So I will hope you're right, but I'll say they go one and one. Lose tomorrow, then uh, bounce back strong on Saturday. But Connor Brown, like I said yesterday, finds a way to score tomorrow. Mark it down. Uh, question number two. You saw Connor Bedard in person last night. Uh, anything from his game that maybe surprised you or stood out? Well, I'll say, man, it was so funny because Stuart Skinner and I had a, a lengthy conversation about Bedard's release, and, you know, he was very complimentary about it. And he just said, like, you watch it, and he's able to pull it in and almost release it from his skates. Like, that's what's so unique about it. You watch that goal. How many of you watched it again? Right? Like, there's not many guys in the league who have a shot like that, first of all. So, uh, you know, I, I give him credit. that to, to be able to do that against NHL goalies at the NHL level is highly impressive. Um, nothing really surprised me about his game. The only thing that stood out is right now, man, he is a freedom fighter. They're forwards. Like, there's some of those young defense. I actually really like that Vlasic kid. I thought he had a really solid game on the back end. You know, like, they got a big, I didn't mind Isaac Phillips either. But, whew, they're forwards. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a whole lot of nothing offensively there after Bedard. Yeah, I'm with you. Just, just the shot that release and where he can release it from, it's impressive. Um, but yeah, he's got a bright future. You're right, though. They got to start filling the shelves around him. Uh, question number three. How many games will Draymond Green be suspended for for his, I'm going to call it a swinging incident against Nurkic last night? Ah, man. Never seems to get very many. I'll say two. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be on the lower end, but I've seen you know some of the pundits out there saying they want to see 10 to 15. So I'll, I'll say five. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see how the NHL's Department of Player Safety would handle this and spin the wheel, but uh, interesting tactics from Draymond Green saying that's how he's trying to draw fouls. Question number four. Uh If you're the New England Patriots, would you be moving on from legendary coach Bill Belichick? It's a fascinating question. So I, I think you have to ask yourself, at this stage of his career, because the Patriots are still rebuilding. Can, Can we agree on that? Yes. So is he the right guy? Like, is he going to be fully invested on another uh, on a rebuild for more years? I, I don't. I don't see how. To be honest, right? I get that he had. Um, you know what? He had an unbelievable one run. Right? Like one of the greatest runs in in NFL history. Right? I don't think there's many. Uh, um, there's much to argue about that. But I would look and say, him. I could see a mutual. Parting of the way, sir. I, I think it could be beneficial for both, right? I don't. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I think it's a it's benefit. Now they've only missed the playoffs two years in a like this. I guess be the third year, right? So it's not like it's a crazy one, but that's four out of five years now that they've they've missed the uh, the playoffs. Not not terrible. Lots of other NBA NFL teams would take that in a heartbeat, but yeah, you know what? I'm going to say he moves on. I I think it'd probably be good for him. To get a change, being there for over twenty years, so I would uh, I would say it's probably good a mutual beneficial change. I'm with you. I think that he definitely wants to track down a Shula, 
after Shula's comments towards him once uh, for the all-time wins. And he's only 27 away, but I don't think he's got a good chance, especially when you look at you know that division, the Dolphins, the Bills, Jets, you would think have to be better next year. It's going to be tough. So I think they will mutually part ways. And wherever he goes, I just hope that he focuses strictly on being a coach and does not have the general manager job. Because if you look through his draft, his first-round picks, he hasn't been able to find that top-end talent. He does a good job finding talent later on in the draft, but I think wherever he goes, focus on coaching and try to break that record. Question number five. Steve Buscemi turned 66 years old today. Uh, He's been in so many good movies and TV shows. Do you have a favorite character or movie show that he's been in? You give me yours first. Okay, I'll give you... uh, for me, uh, I will say I really, you know, liked the little cameo that he had in The Sopranos. So I would throw that one in there. And then if I'm going on the big screen, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Mr. Pink. I really liked him in Boardwalk Empire. That's what I'm going I haven't with. seen that. Oh, oh I no. love that show. I, I quite like Boardwalk Empire. If, if you like that era of uh, just that era of life. I think it's uh, it's fantastic. I know there's just something about that era that I've always been a big fan of. So, um, you know, and I, I was a little disappointed when the when the show kind of ended. I didn't expect it to end, but um, you know, it's kind of the the uh, uh, I guess the most accurate way it would be called the Prohibition era. So, I've always liked uh, uh, I like those shows. I I think he's a really good actor. So, I, I quite liked him in that. That's an HBO show, hey? Yes. Okay, then yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I thought it was solid. Very solid. Hey, boys, NHL player safety would drop the ball on Draymond, just like they did when Truba recently chopped Frederick's head off from Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah, we couldn't remember who it was that he hit yesterday, so thanks, Sean. We were drawn a, had a brain fart on that one yesterday, so I appreciate you uh, updating us on that. It is uh, 5 o'clock time for Connor Halley. And sports 1440 uh, Update brought to you by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their Booster Rewards app and earn, order, and enjoy. It's Booster Juice. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.